Welcome back to the Effective Ministry Podcast, uh, where we at YouthWorks want to help you have an effective youth and children's ministry in your local church. My name is Tim Bealhartz. I'm the Children's Ministry Advisor at YouthWorks, and I'm joined today by Beck Baines, our brand new Accessibility Ministry Advisor. We'll explain what that role means in just a second, but Beck, you're, uh, as we record this, you're week two on the job. Uh, how are you feeling about joining the team? Oh, look, I'm actually loving it. Um, my first week was going on LAT. I got to really get in there and meet lots of people and just sort of see a bit more of the youth works life. But um, yeah, everyone's been so lovely, everyone's so welcoming, and I get to work with some pretty awesome people in my team as well. So I'm loving it. That's great. I believe that today you've been uh, reading up about policies and trying to understand all our acronyms and all oh, that. So, so many acronyms. <laughs> I'm <laughs> getting my head around it. That's no, good. <laughs> well, um, there may be some who are listening who have not met you, and you, you've been around a lot of youth works type things for a while. House conference, you've worked in many churches in the Sydney diocese, but we've got people from overseas listening in. We've got a number of people who may not know you. So, how about you just give us a little bit of uh, who's who of Beck Baines? Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, I was born into a family with, I've got three older brothers. Um, mum and a dad and um, life just was fairly normal. Dad was a, a parish minister himself um, and mum took care of us in the household. Uh, and then at, um, when I was about six years old, we were presented with um, you know, the question, do we want to uh, adopt a baby with, um, yeah, with a disability? And we thought, yes, we'd love to do that. <laughs> um, so in came my brother, Ben. Um, he was six months old, born with Down syndrome. Uh, and we just loved it. We embraced Ben in. Um, he was sort of the favorite little brother we all loved hanging out with. Um, and we always were fighting over who got to help look after him and feed him and things like that. Um, yeah, and then, um, yeah, we I moved around a few few different places. So I was um, born in George's River kind of region, moved out sort of Penrith Way, lived in Northern Beaches. Um, and then... Uh, when I was about 19 years old, we um, uh, we fostered a boy who was on the autism spectrum because um, after adopting Ben, my parents um, still had such a heart for looking after more kids uh, and um, loved the idea of fostering one day. And they felt like with a spare room in the house, now was the time. Um, and so that, that was a pretty difficult adjustment. Um, this boy was six years old and um, yeah, he, uh, had been around from home to home a little bit um so he just needed a place that was he could call home um yeah so but there was a bit of tension in that um and so uh, i tried to move out as quick as i could um but in all that i um you know did some schooling i worked in an office doing admin um and then i um, ended up working in uh, as a disability support worker um and after that, I was the church I was attending said, "Oh, you actually be pretty good at doing children's ministry. Going to going to YouthWorks College, you should do that." Um, I thought, "All right." <laughs> at first, I was hesitant because I didn't really like the idea of doing lots of studying and essay writing. Um, but then I just launched into it. Uh, studied at YouthWorks College, and um, yeah, in all those sort of processes, um, had my heart on disability ministry uh, and. Yeah, worked at um, Cronulla Anglican as a children's and families minister there. Then I worked at Shell Harbour as a children's and youth 
um, and then moved to Mossman to work there as children's and youth as well um, before ending in this role. Well, not ending, but, you know, pursuing this role um, <laughs> at YouthWorks as an accessibility ministry advisor. Yeah, so uh, you've got, um, you know, background in, in ministry, both your father's ministry and also your own. You've got personal history connections with different types of um, abilities and disabilities and accessibility kind of concerns. And so this is all kind of wrapped up for you. So it makes sense that you're, you know, been pursuing, um, you know, special interest in children's and youth yeah. ministry uh, in a way that allows for you know, accessibility. Um, how, how do you define accessibility, disability? Help us with the language that we should be using and then what sort of definitions do you put around that? Yeah. Um, so when I chat to my friend Louise Gosbell and when she does sessions that, uh, for training, um, she likes to pull out this quote that everyone knows how to define a disability until it comes to actually defining disability. Because um, I think we can identify when someone does have a disability um, or, or not. Um, but until we actually sort of put it into a sentence, it's actually really hard. Um, so there are different um, types of disabilities. Um, so it could be being on the spectrum, uh, it could be uh, intellectual disabilities, it could be physical disabilities. Um, and so it, it could be something that uh, inhibits something uh, in your day-to-day -day life, or it could be just a way of doing something differently in your day-to-day -day life. Uh, it could be something that you're born with. It could be something that happens to you uh, along the way at some point. Um, it can be it can be really broad <laughs> and uh, hard to understand in some ways. Um, and it depends how you look at it as well. So whether um, someone has a disability or not and how they see themselves. So um, I myself, I have hearing loss. Um, and so in one sense, I do have a disability, but in another sense, I don't really go around saying I'm disabled or I have a disability um, because I've got things that help me to uh, hear and to adjust in that way. So for me, I just sort of live life just like anyone else, I would think. So mm. it can be quite complex. <laughs> Yeah, and I know that um, particularly yeah, in the last decade or so, there's been a big move in trying to think about uh, not labelling a person but uh, naming whatever it might be that, mm. uh, you know, is, they have, um, you know, yeah. whatever that is. But as you say, it's, you know, their own subjective understanding of that is a huge part of how you yeah. interact with them and help you well, that's it. It's it's a lot of first person language. So you wouldn't say the disabled person or, um, you know, bound to a wheelchair or, or um, even at one point when I worked in disability support, you know, we refer to people as the wheelies and we were trying to refer to three people that used a wheelchair. Um, but, you know, we had to really uh, change that sort of language around that. Um, you know, it's a person who uses a wheelchair um, as opposed to wheelchair bound or a uh, person who has a disability. Um, because that's not their first person identification marker. It's something that they are living with. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Now, obviously, as Christians and as ministers, we want to be thinking about the this topic of disability and ability and accessibility through theological and through biblical lenses. Hmm. Um, I know you've done a bit of thinking about this. Where do we start to think theologically and Christianly about this topic? Yeah. So there's a few things that I've sort of got my foundations on. Um, so one thing I really um, 
am quite strong about is in Genesis and how God talks about how he has made humankind in his image or in our image. Um, And so that really got me thinking that he's made all people equal, male and female, um, doesn't matter who you are, you are all made in the image of God. And so um, it doesn't actually mean he hasn't said, oh, I've made these people and then lesser people or people who are in this category or something like that, we're all equal. And so my heart really goes towards, um, you know, all people are God's people who are made. Um, so that's one part. Um, another thing as we travel through the course of the Bible is in Psalm 139 and um, the phrase, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Um, and yes, that is a writer um, expressing that uh, to God in poetic form. But um, the fact that God has made each and every one of us um, and he is Lord of all. And we know that God is never wrong or makes mistakes. Um, so to me, that says that every person is valued and loved and um, shaped by God. Um, and then as we sort of start going into the New Testament, um, Luke 14 is quite a key passage about um, about how everyone is welcome in the kingdom of God, um, but then also how we are told to go out into the fields and the laneways and the country places and bring people in. Um, and that was quite a parable to talk about, you know, you need to actually really go out to the outskirts where you wouldn't normally go to bring in the people you wouldn't normally spend time with and bring them into your home. Um, and so we can understand that, you know, we are to go out and um, bring people into the church, no matter, you know, what their life experience is. Um, so that's quite a missional thing for me, um, that we are to go out and bring people in. Uh, and then another one um, that I'll share is in Mark 2, the healing of the man who couldn't walk. Um, and so often, like I remember being using this at college as a um, you know, passage we worked with in kids ministry um, and how, you know, the man is couldn't get into the place with his friends because the place was so packed and crowded. So they go up to the roof, dig a hole and in they go. Um, and Jesus, the first thing he says to the man is your sins are forgiven. And so we know that that man's greatest need was actually to be right with God. It, it wasn't to be healed first and then, um, you know, we'll sort you out later spiritually. The, the most important part was the spiritual aspect. He needed to be forgiven and made right with God. And so in the disability world and teaching, well, that's what we need to go at. We need to go share God's love with other people. But then also on a practical level there, um, you know, we can envision the crowded house and what it was like to get to the roof. But if we think further into the four friends who carried this man, they did what they could to get this man to Jesus at all costs, um, you know, showing that love and support and care from the friends to get him to Jesus. And so I think um, as Christians, we need to be people who are really getting in there and helping people, um, maybe mm. not carrying them up a set of stairs and through a roof, but, but just that um, uh, that may be. commitment to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I love, uh, they're, they're, they're really helpful. And um, obviously, I mean, studying in Genesis, it's always good. You know, whatever we think about starting where where the stars but that idea that imageness comes before anything else um mm. and it'd be before you know fall before sickness before other anything else it, there is that everyone is image bearer um yeah is really key i was also thinking about mark two um i took a mission team across the western australia one time for youthworks college and there was um one of our students had prepared a talk on mark two 
and was yeah presenting that to uh, the the crew that we were ministering to the, the primary school children uh, and just as she was about to stand up to go and present this talk that she prepared and put a lot of time and effort into um, someone came up a young kid who was in a wheelchair mm. uh, and all of a sudden she was confronted with oh uh, I've got to tell a story about a healing of a paralyzed person in front of someone who I don't know their story, but you know, they, yeah, was, that can't be a book. And so she came to me and said, "Oh, what do I do?" Um, and I said, "Well, what do you think you do?" She goes, "I don't know." And I said, "Is is has anything in your talk changed? Like, is is it any less true whether this child is here or not?" And mm. and one said, "Well, no, of course not. Like, she'd prepared faithfully, she was delivering truth, but there was also you know, she was confronted with." The reality that this isn't just a gospel to be told to those who are uh, otherwise abled, um, as we would define normally abled, I suppose, but Mm -hmm. it is a gospel for those who uh, don't have that as those abilities and and in those contexts. And um, yeah, it was just, it was an interesting experience for her to have to think through oh, how do I teach Jesus healings in front of people who I presume in this next half hour are not going to be healed yeah. uh and yeah it was a great way of thinking through that mm. yeah indeed and um, i think you yeah did a good job with that <laughs> <laughs> um so as we think about uh children's and youth ministry specifically youth works is all about having effective youth and children's ministry in every church so we want to particularly equip those who are working with young people mm. uh what are the needs in youth and children's ministry? How, why do we need to be thinking about accessibility in ministry and how we do that ministry well? Yeah. So one of the things I am really passionate about is uh, helping people know how to welcome everyone into their church context. Um, I think uh, on a children's ministry level, it can sometimes be a bit easier because children have all different sort of experiences and developmental um, learning stages and whatnot Um, and particularly if you're uh, doing children's ministry that's from K to 6 you've got a whole myriad of things to work through and understand Um, but um, yeah even so uh, I'm keen to enable leaders uh, and ministry staff um, whatever that might be um, to just sort of get their you know thinking through uh, what does it mean to be uh, welcoming? How can we cater towards um, different children with a disability? But not just the child themselves, but their family as well. Um, at one church I was at, um, there was a young boy on the spectrum who was coming along, um, and he was he was a little bit tricky to manage um, at one point because you know wasn't able to sit still, was kind of running around a lot, um, and. For us, it was it was a it was a learning process. It was oh okay, how do we um, help this child to be welcomed and loved? Um, and we were pretty confident in that. We were excited for him to be there, um, but then the parents felt like it was just too much. And so, um, and that's not they weren't really there either. They were in this in the service, but I think they just sort of felt it was it was a bit of a burden um, on their part, and maybe they felt, you know, it was um, hard or daunting or embarrassing. I don't I don't know. Um, but one of the things I'm really keen on is helping um, helping families feel like it's okay to come to this church. It's okay to have your kid here and we're going to do the best we can. And that's not to say we're going to be absolute professional providers in, in one sense, but it's the heart of welcoming and knowing that someone can be welcomed and included. And so on a children's ministry level, helping understand what 
sort of things, initiatives to put in place or um, guidelines and whatnot, um, but then continuing that through youth ministry as well, um, helping people think through ideas and protocols of, um, you know, how do we do routine? How do we get messages across? How do we do visuals and auditory things? Um, do people know what's expected when they come along to church? Um, do people know what to do when they come to church? Just even things that are, are very natural to a long church attendee that might not be as obvious to people who come into church for the first time and where to go and what to do. Um, so it's a lot of that sort of <laughs> that sort of thing, mm. but equipping and enabling um, and helping people on the way um, and walking through them on the journey. So I've, I've had people make contact saying, we've had this person come along with their family. Um, how how would I help them feel welcomed and included? And, or how would I help them um, in the process of something we're working through, um, which has been amazing to work through with them. And I think that's come out well on their side. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, I was, yeah, I think that's really, really helpful. And I was going to ask, um, you know, how do... Well, what's what's the bad look like? You know, how do churches do this badly? And I thought I might start with my own shameful story. Yeah. <laughs> and many years ago, um, I was a children's minister in a local church, um, and we had a family came come with a, a young daughter who autism spectrum disorder, uh, and they were trying to work out how do we helpfully include her uh, mm. in the ministry. And I mean, I was quite young. I don't think I really had an awareness of how to do that well. Um, and we tried a couple of things, and then the family decided, oh, they'll just take her to uh, the early morning service, the, the hymn book service, and then they can just kind of hang with her. Because uh, that was, they said, oh, look, it's just going to be a bit easier for us. Uh, and the shameful part is, I think my gut reaction was, oh, good, because that's a bit easier for me mm, as well. Yeah. So I don't think I handled that family well, and I don't think I handled that whole situation well. So. Uh, that's I look back and then go. Oh, I really stuffed that one up, um, and I, yeah. I did not do that well. What are some other? I mean, you, you've heard some stories, but also you, you've read literature and you, you've imagined situations. Mm. You know, what are the things that we can do badly? What are I suppose? And the other question is in this: What are our blind spots that we yeah. might not be aware of? Mm. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. In one one thing, I want to sort of preface with is that. We are all learning and um, thinking through how best to do things. Um, and so I don't want to sort of make people feel bad <laughs> about anything. You know, I want to, you know, that everything can come from something, I think. Um, and so, uh, but sometimes having the attitude of, oh, we've got a ramp, that's enough, we're accessible. It, it, it's a bit more than just a ramp. Um, you know, are the, are the toilets accessible? Um, you know, can the wheelchair get into it? ideal spot in the in the building that sort of thing so just sort of saying yeah there's a ramp that's good is the ramp even good enough like it, it could be just this massive steep incline um as opposed to actually a, a legally accessible ramp um so there's that sort of thing uh there there's there could be a resistance sometimes um i know that sometimes there can be people who have just had no experience um being with someone with a disability and it can be very daunting and that's okay um, because, you know, it, it, sometimes I find it hard knowing how to, um, you know, communicate and uh, spend time with someone um, when there's different ways they communicate and um, interact and things like that. Um, so for me, it's a bit of a getting to know someone um, and being comfortable with being uncomfortable. Um, so my brother Ben would come to church and he's not really all that verbal. Um, he can say hello and thank you, but you can't particularly have a, 
a, a two-way conversation with him necessarily. Um, and so watching people know how to just keep talking to him no matter what or people who struggle, but it's okay to struggle because you, you're trying is really good. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's the resistance can be something as well. But um, I also think as well, uh, you know, sometimes not wanting someone there and then just suggesting maybe this isn't the place for them, I don't think that's very helpful um, because we're then saying who church is, um, you know, who is welcome to church, who, who we mm. cater to. Mm. Um, so there's, there's a bit of that as well. Um, and also just sort of not listening to what the needs are. Um, so sometimes people do talk about how they can't quite hear what's going on or they can't see what's going on. And um, particularly if you're, if you're a, have a, a certain vibe you want to go with, like, you know, the, the mood lighting or something like that. And actually that doesn't work for most <laughs> people who can't see the Bible in front of them. Um, is There's a bit of that sort of stuff. So making assumptions and um, deciding how you want things to be rather than thinking through actually how can everyone be part of this as well. Um, and then one more I'll say is just saying, well, we don't have anyone here, so we don't have to do the things for the people. And it's like, well, they're not there because you don't do the things for the people. Um, yeah, it's a few things like that. Yeah, that could be a self-fulfilling prophecy. If, you, if you're not prepared and ready to be welcoming, then yeah. the people who may turn up won't feel welcome. And yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, I was thinking your, your reference earlier to Luke 14 and just mm. the the effort involved, I suppose you would say, that like go out to the outskirts, like go make it um, do a difficult work in order to include people. Um, yeah. And the fact that in that passage, you know, Jesus explicitly talks about the cripple, the blind, the lame, so those with physical disabilities and mm-hmm. br- intentionally bringing them in. Um, and that takes work, it takes effort. And just like you said, you know, conversations with your brother, it takes a huge amount of emotional energy to be you know, have basically have a one-sided conversation but for the sake of him feeling loved and engaged and welcomed mm. and part of that that community so um, yeah. and i love that phrase be, be comfortable with uncomfortable oh, that's, <laughs> that's good that's a great little tagline yeah. um so let's turn this around then how can mm-hmm. churches do this well what what are some you know some success stories or some ways in which you've seen that churches have done this um, mm. accessibility ministry well yeah, yeah. So um, some things can be listening to the people who are there, um, you know, what could actually be quite helpful here. So you could do could do an audit maybe on your church and what are the needs and what are the shortfalls physically, but also maybe culturally in your space. Um, and, you know, if someone doesn't really want to give you a direct answer, you could maybe could do a survey or, or something like that, or, or maybe ask what would enable someone to come to church. So maybe the people in your church are quite satisfied with how things are, but they know that um, they know that someone might not be able to come to the space if something isn't accessible. So something like, um, you know, if you've got a child who absconds and runs away, um, but the property is not secure and fenced in, that, that might be something that's a bit of a hindrance. Um, so, you know, thinking about investing in, um, you know, what sort of things can be done in the space to enable accessibility. Um, so some mm. people... Um, can get a bit nervous about costs and things and and there will be a physical cost uh like a, a big cost in some ways you know whether it might be putting a ramp in or um changing a bathroom up or something like that but then there's other things like how can we change the attitudes and the cultures of you know enabling people to come into the church um you know is are they going to know what's going to 
to expect? Are they going to be able to visual, see the things on the screen or are there alternatives visually what they can do? You know, is everything on the screen electronic or are there things that are physical that they can have close to them, um, for instance? Um, but they're also enabling the people with a disability in your church. Um, so someone like my brother, Ben, he'd be good at welcoming so much. So um, he might not be able to have the, the conversation of, hi, who are you, where are you from, all that sort of thing. Um, but he is able to greet people. And if you're handing mm. out things, he can do that sort of stuff. Um, you know, there are, there's a church I was at, um, someone used a wheelchair and she um, assisted with prayers and Bible reading. Um, and so it was a small enough congregation and building that the microphone was a roving microphone. So she got to do it from the pew, so to speak. Um, and so there was no need to have to go up to the front, up on a platform necessarily. Um, so being creative with the space and who's around. Um, or, you know, is there something that they, a way that they can serve in some way with their gifts? If we, if we think about in Corinthians where, you know, the, the body of Christ, everyone has their part to play. We're not all leaders or, you know, up the front type people, but some people serve quietly and or some people serve in different ways, uh, enable and help out um, all, across, all across the board. So, um, yeah, just thinking, how can I um, have this person part of the ministry as well? Um, yeah, I think that's... A, a brief intro into that sort of thinking. Yeah, um, no, I think that's really good. Um, and because you've covered there the, the two sides, you've covered the um, how do we make our church spaces and ministry welcoming for them. But then mm. the flip side is if we have people in our churches with different abilities, um, we if they are yeah members of the covenant community, then that we should be mm. ser- they should be serving as part of mm. their own faith formation. And so, therefore, how are we helping them to serve? Can they? serve and what does that actually look like to get them to be participating mm. and again your brother's a great example he he can mm. do the welcoming he can hand out prayer books or bulletins and things at the door he can be a smiling face mm. um, that does that i was also thinking just as you were mentioning i remember that the church you've just finished up at um st clement's mm. mossman um your your fingerprints are on the web page because there's actually a drop down uh <laughs> page there that actually a whole page on accessibility um, yep. Tell us about that page. I'll put this in a link at the in the show notes so people can click directly onto this and see it in action. But just talk us through mm. that accessibility page. What are you trying to communicate there and what's the purpose of it? Yeah, so um, I came through a bit of thinking of different ideas from different people um, along the way. But uh, when someone goes somewhere for the first time, I do this. Like I, if I'm trying to find a restaurant or place I always Google it. I always try to find what it looks like, what to expect. Yeah, absolutely. Because the last thing I want to do is like pace back and forth past a building and not know where to go. And so <laughs> newcomers newcomers research churches, um, and I did this too when I was finding a church to um, belong to after moving into YouthWorks. Um, you know, you want to know what it looks like. You want to know who's going to be there. Um, and so uh, people like to visually see what um, – what to expect. Uh, and so you'll see on that website, um, I've got pictures of where the hearing loop is and, and a, uh, a brief description saying they're, they're at the front of the church. Um, and then, you know, I've shown photos of where the accessible entrance is. I've shown photos of the courtyard and the gated areas. Um, and I also wrote on the bottom, uh, if there is any other way we can be of help, please let us know. Um, because I understand that, um, for instance, if you want to cater to the, the deaf community, uh, 
you want to put an interpreter up, but if no one's going to come and take advantage of having an interpreter, I know that that's quite a costly thing. But if you can give the opportunity for someone to say, hey, I want to come to your church, but I need an interpreter, then you can kick that sort of stuff into gear. So the stuff you can already start to implement, like whether it be printing news sheets that are d- double the size for the font, for instance, um, that happened at a church I was at, or um, whether you put bookmarks in Bibles for people who just struggle to get to the page quickly, uh. things like that. So there's things you can implement on the now, but then there's things you can sort of be ready for. And then there's things you can obviously be prepared for building and putting in place down the track as well. Hmm. Yeah. No, that's that's great. I think it's really good. And as you say, the, the web page, I, I think it's um, Kerry Newhoff who's a North American pastor, but he talks about how the a church's web page is their front door um, hmm. because that's where people are checking out our churches um, on the web far earlier than they actually come to our site. And to be able to explain you know, we have intentionally thought about this is a great thing to be able to communicate. Mm. Um, well, we're coming towards the end. Um, and as I said, this is, we're recording this on week two, what, day seven or day eight or something <laughs> of the job. Um, but as you look forward to this role, what are your hopes and dreams for the role? What, what's the fruit that you want to see in, in mm-hmm. churches, effective youth and children's ministry as it comes to being an accessibility advisor? Yeah, a whole range of things. And because this is such a new position, uh, the world's the oyster in that sense or anything can happen. But I'm so keen to meet up with people um, who are working in churches who are thinking through, um, particularly if they already have um, families that are around that um, they want to support or they just have such a heart and passion for people to be able to be welcomed in and things like that. So I'd love to get alongside people and think through how ministry can happen in their space and um in their situations. Um, I'd also love to be able to write articles that are quick to read to start sort of getting things thinking. Um, I'd love to offer training support and, um, you know, be able to come along to a gathering of people, whether it's your church or a few churches together or something like that, um, and running some training seminars or things like that on, um, you know, making a welcoming space and things like that. and yeah, just walking through people, okay, what, it's a, what does it mean to be an accessible space? Because I think some people think about accessibility and kind of think, oh my goodness, that's a lot. <laughs> I don't know how to do with all this and it's quite a daunting thing. Um, but I'm just so keen to sort of be able to make that, um, yeah, easy <laughs> and understood. And, and even if it is tricky and hard, uh, but taking great joy and delight in um, knowing that there's a family coming to the church who feel like this is their home and they can come along too. So, Yeah. That's awesome. Well, we're really looking forward to working with you and getting your expertise in this area. Uh, I want you to come along to my support unit scripture class because I've been doing that for about three years and have no idea what I'm doing. We just sing songs and have a great time. Um, But that would be excellent to know how I can best effectively teach in that space. But SRE, children's ministry, youth ministry, Jesus clubs, they're the kind of things that you're passionate about. Um, And it's great to have you on team thinking about that. If uh, you want to hear more from Beck, you can find her at youthworks.net. Look under the ministry support tab and click on advising team um as always our vision here at youthworks is to have an effective youth and children's ministry in every church so wherever you are at church whatever denomination you're in youthworks would love to partner with you uh you can reach us by uh, through the podcast at effective ministry podcast at youthworks.net 
Uh, I'll put that email in the description below. You can find us at YouthWorks on Facebook and on Twitter. You can go to youthworks.net. There's lots of ways to connect. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, but Beck, thank you so much for your time and we'll see all of, we'll hear all of you guys uh, next episode. The Effective Ministry Podcast is a production of YouthWorks in Sydney. We want to see effective youth and children's ministry in every church. And one of the ways that you can help us do that is by letting people know about this podcast in all the usual ways, like comment, share and review on your favorite social media and podcasting platform. If you've got comments, thoughts or questions for this podcast, you can email us at effectiveministrypodcast at youthworks.net and also check out youthworks.net for other ways that YouthWorks can help you have an effective youth and children's ministry in your church.